Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. And I am your host, Philip Anthony. I am so happy that you've chosen to join us today, and I hope you're all doing fantabulous. And fantabulous means fantastic and fabulous, put together twice as nice. And that, and my listeners know that word, so you can use it. You can, you can steal it from me if you want. My, my special guest today is DFL Senate District 52 Chair Lisa Niemer-Noah. Hello, Lisa, and Hi. welcome to the Downright Upright Show. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing to have you because we've been trying to get together for a while here. And yeah, you it's were been busy. a busy year. Yeah, it's been a busy time. And then it was the COVID uh, you know, period, and finally you're here. So thank you again for, for spending time with us. Uh, before we talk about your career and all your accomplishments as DFL Senate District District 52 Chair. That's a mouthful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the listeners about where you were born, raised, went to school, and anything else you would like to share? Mm-hmm. Sure. I was born in Minneapolis, and my father died when I was eight months old. And my mother took us to South Dakota to live with her parents for about a year where she um, became a school librarian. And then we came back here, and I grew up in Crystal, Minnesota, with my mom. And she was very active in um, DFL politics, so she would drag me to all kinds of different meetings and events. So I think in that way, I've never really felt like an outsider in the party. I just kind of grew up as a DFLer. It was very natural. She had uh, George McGovern as her mentor back in college. (laughs) So if your viewers or listeners are of a certain age, they'll know who George McGovern is. Um, I sure do. He didn't do very well, what I remember. No, but he was still a great Democrat. Yes, he, he um, was. Yeah. yeah, and so he was an influence on her. So anyway, um, I grew up going to DFL things with her, and then I went to college at Hamlin University, mm-hmm. um, and there I met my husband, David Noah, because we started up the college Democrats together. So that's how we met, and uh, then we got married shortly after college and moved to Egan, and have two kids that are grown now. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of when the kids left the nest that I started getting more actively involved in politics again. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is when I ended up uh, running for vice chair uh, in Senate District 51 at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Wells was the chair, and you have to have gender balance in the DFL between chair and vice chair. So he needed um, a non-male to run for uh, vice chair. So I did it because no one else wanted to, and I never really saw myself becoming chair in the future. But then the more I got into it, I liked it more. I learned a lot more. What's the difference between a vice chair and a chair? Is it... Do they pretty well, much have the same? It's kind of like president and vice president, right? Oh, okay. So I kind of just backed him up. Um, mm-hmm. But then, as I learned more and uh, saw that I could, I could be successful as chair. Then, when John didn't run again for chair, then I, I did in 2018. Do you do more public speaking as chair rather than vice chair? Um, a little bit. I mean, you have to lead all the meetings, and then when we have fundraisers and events and our convention, you know, you do stand up in front of a group and speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more about organizing the um, Senate district and the direction and the goals and um, the things you take on as a Senate district that the chair leads, and then the vice chair, of course, just supports that effort. Oh, okay. And later in the show, we'll talk about some events. Yes. Right? Yes. I, we always have things going on. I call I, it. You. You said it was a mouthful. I call it DFL Fifty Two. That's our. That's what I call our Senate district. So yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, so yeah. much. I love living in this district. It, everybody is. It's such nice. Everybody's so kind and so sweet. Um, by the way, can you explain to the listeners what? part of the Twin City Senate District District yes. 52 encompasses? Yes, it is almost all of Egan. It is um, the northern part of Burnsville. It's almost all of Mendota Heights, and then it's the city of Mendota. So it's really crazy how the Senate districts get drawn. Um, with the redistricting that happened, it was, we didn't, before Senate District 51 was missing the very top of Egan, well, we've got that now in 52, but we lost the very bottom of Egan. So it's like they don't want us to be all together as a city. It just kind of depends on the population and how they draw the lines. Um, 
so we did lose some of our activists when we went from 51 to 52, which was sad, but then we gained some others because we brought Mendota Heights into the picture. So they hadn't been part of 51 before. So, How many different um, representatives are in District 52? So each, each Senate district has two representatives and one senator, and it's drawn so by population so that we're all fairly represented. You know, if you hear how they talk about nationally, like the smaller states – have two senators, and the huge states have two senators. So really, you're overrepresented when you live in a small state and you're underrepresented in a big state. Mm -hmm. Well, we fix that in Minnesota by redrawing the Senate districts every 10 years so that they're equal population. So everybody has one senator. So, our yeah, our votes are kind of all equalized that way. Isn't that amazing? Because if you think about it, and I always say this, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, if you think about Wyoming and you think about California, Wyoming is maybe one twentieth mm-hmm. the population. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, but it's much smaller. I mean, California is in the millions and millions. I think they of have people. forty million, and I, I don't even think Wyoming has a million people. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yet, guess what? In the Senate, they have two senators, and mm-hmm. California has two senators. Right. So how how could we say that's fair? I don't think it's fair. It's not fair at all. But it's just how it was written, you know, back we, you know, 200 year plus years ago. I don't think that the founding fathers could foresee that the states would be so out of whack population Absolutely. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I think that the constitution and the um uh the bill of rights and everything should be fluid. Yes. Move with the times, you know what I'm saying? I totally agree, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll change. But... I don't know. It'll be tough. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my cousin who lived in lives in South Dakota and she's like, "Well, we deserve representation too. We should have our two senators." I'm like, "You re- you deserve the same reputa- re- representation that people in California or or even in Minnesota have. You know, you don't deserve extra. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she quite got that. Yeah, because you don't <laughs> because the land is not voting. It's exactly. The people, exactly. Know? And yeah. that's why you see a map of Minnesota, it looks mostly red and then you've got that intense blue where the twin cities are. Well, yeah. there's not just not nearly <laughs> as many people in, in the red parts. <laughs> well, thank just you. A yeah. lot of trees. Yeah, and lakes. Of, lot of, yeah, a lot of lakes, <laughs> trees, and yeah, yeah, and uh, deer. Yes. Um, well, there's deer here too. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, when you were elected DFL uh, 52 chair, uh, when were you, by the way? And uh, as a follow up to that question, um, am I correct that you are undefeated in that role? Well, Pat yourself on the back, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Well, I was elected in 2018. <laughs> yes, I am undefeated, but it's not like there's a lot of competition for the the job. You know, it's, why do you, why it's would a you volunteer say? job, so oh, okay. it's a lot of work, and um, I, and so. You know, I've been doing it well, and um, you know I, what I would really like to do. There's an, another election coming up in a couple of months or in April. I'll be probably reelected to another two-year term, but I really want to get some other people, you know, involved so that this could be my last term because I think seven years is probably plenty for any one person to do this job. And but I'd like to be able to, you know, spread the knowledge that I've learned over this time with somebody else. Um, that they could take over. Maybe the, maybe the vice chair would, would think of doing it, or um, maybe we'll just have to see how how it goes. My current vice chair is is not running again; he's stepping down. So um, we need to get some newer newer folks involved. And you know that's the way it is with every volunteer organization. It's all about trying to get people involved mm-hmm. um, and stepping up to leadership. And like I said, I when I've started with this, I didn't expect to end up chair. So, you know, sometimes you can, you can do more than you think you can do if you just try it. Do you also, uh, um, get involved in the recruiting of people or is Um, that done? Well, for our local Senate district, sure. Yeah. But for like the elected officials, like the legislative officials, you mean like the state rep and the state Senator, we don't really have to because there's enough interest. There are some districts, you know, maybe out in outstate Minnesota where there's no Democrat that wants to run. And then, yes, the Senate district would would beat the bushes looking for someone who could run. Um, we, When we had an opening, Lori Halverson um, stepped down a couple of years right. ago. 
we had four people show up who wanted to run. So we didn't oh. need to recruit anybody. We had to um, go through an endorsement process. So we try to be very fair. If there's four people who want to run, we don't favor any of them. And then we go through an endorsement process. Um, and then the delegates to our convention vote and decide who they want to endorse. Mm-hmm. But what about the federal um, um, representative? Like, for example, we have Angie Craig and mm-hmm. um, Dean Phillips, I believe. Um, are they locally uh, recruited or are they – does the big umbrella DFL, uh, Democratic Party uh, get involved in, in choosing those uh, uh, candidates? Well, so, like, our local Senate district feeds into the state DFL, where Ken Martin is the chair. So certainly if there's a congressional opening, because there's only eight in the whole state, um, you know, Ken Martin would get involved with helping to recruit somebody. Um, Angie Craig actually started as a precinct chair in Senate District 51. Mm. Um, yeah, so I met her long before she was a congresswoman or really? trying to be one. And, um, and she's doing a great job, by the she, way. She's, she's oh doing a great job. She, and to just see how she's matured and grown through this time as a candidate and now a congresswoman is so impressive. She's such an impressive person. Wonderful person. And, mm-hmm. and I actually met Dean Phillips at a Pride uh, event. Um, he's hilarious. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would, unfortunately, he's not my uh, rep, so I can't, you know, vote for him. But I hope the people out there listening who are in his district realize that he really is helping um, regular, mm-hmm. everyday people. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about the corporations, the rich people. You know, uh, we, we need to get our people back to work, you know, have good-paying jobs, safe environment, the whole mm-hmm. nine ball of wax. I mean, you know? if you look at the platform of the Democratic Party, whether it's locally or nationally, that's what's on there, right? Lots yeah. of different ideas about how to make lives, people's lives better. Republican side, what have they got? I mean, I they want to cut taxes. They want to uh, cut regulations. I'm like, do you want to be able to turn on the tap and drink the water? I mean, that's what regulations do. They help us to have a, a good community where we can all Absolutely. have have good lives. So I don't think the Republicans have a lot to offer, frankly. Mm-hmm. And that train derailment uh, that caused all that tox- toxic air and water and all that stuff, that was from deregulation. From the Trump administration. From the Trump administration. Yeah. So. Listen, folks, when I hear lying to you, it tell you the truth. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you could look it up, Google it yourself if right. you don't believe us. We're here telling you, we're just telling it like it is, right, Lace? Mm-hmm. All righty. Um, so let's get into your, your, your um, duties. So as a um, district chair, what are some of the duties that you um, mm-hmm. do? Well, our mission is to elect Democrats and to grow the pro- progressive community here in um, Egan, Burnsville, Mendota, Mendota Heights. So Which we you do have that- done, by the way. Yes. Yeah, I I think we have. I mean, we've also had some demographic shifts that have turned this area bluer than it used to be, mm-hmm. especially when I moved here. But um, we've done a lot of things. We try to grab people in different ways. My feeling is you build the party person by person. There's not a silver bullet that if you just go to this one meeting and you tell people everything, they're just going to come your way and no, grow the party. <laughs> it's one person at a time. So we have a lot of different ways that we do that. We have our organizational meetings, of course, where we talk about fundraising. And during election years, we talk about door knocking and phone banking and helping our candidates. But then in addition, we have a social side. So we month we have a monthly dinner out. We have a monthly happy hour, which is tonight, actually. Um, we have a book club. We have a movie club. Oh, it's club. tonight, actually? Yeah. At Are El, you going to be there? At El Loro, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe I'll show up then. I'll surprise everybody. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> um, and then we do community service. So we, we adopt a few streets locally here. We do... Um, monthly volunteering at the Open Door Food Shelf and at the Dakota Woodlands Homeless Shelter. So we try to do things that would interest people. You know, if if what you're interested in is helping the community, we have activities for that. If you're interested in the social side of things, we have activities for that. Um, Just trying to build our DFL family here in Senate District 52. Mm -hmm. And you know what's amazing, though, about the DFL? Because if you look at – if you ever look at the DFL, it's so many different communities – Mm-hmm. Connected, like you have the LGBTQ plus, you have African Americans, you have Latinos, you have women, you have, you know, it's just a conglomeration of different groups. Whereas, whereas the Republican Party tends to be 
monolithic. Am, yeah, am I right? Yeah, they're over? pretty much about the the one straight dimension. white men. Yeah, dimension one dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have we have straight white men who are Democrats too. Well, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you sure do, and I know quite a few of them actually. Yes, they're good they're friends great, of mine. Good, great people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can't. Yeah. We're not, gonna, we're not here bashing white men. No. Because I'm no. a white man. Not straight, but that's okay. Uh, I'm but married it, to one. My son is one. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot of good ones. But the Republican Party right now is, I mean, I just don't see what their vision is for, for our community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more about negativity. Well, if you, and, have, if you, and, li- and, you know, live in a huge mansion, maybe then it would help you. To cut I, your I hope that even if you live in a huge mansion, you care about other people, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like as, <laughs> I guess, what's the word? Um, I'm trying to get like a reason in my head, like why would you vote for people that are not helping other people? Yeah. Have empathy, I right? can't get it either. No, I, can't I can't understand it. Um, moving on, um, I have been living in this district uh, for a very long time, and that's how, actually how I met um, our, our senator here. And um, Jim Carlson. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we've had uh, Republican representatives and senators along the way. But what do you think changed people's minds uh, to begin voting almost exclusively for the DFL? Since you appeared on the scene, so I, I, again, I'm going to praise you. I'm not worthy, but no, no, I'm just kidding. No, but you had a lot to do with it. And um, what do you think changed? What was it, just demographics? You think, or is it maybe well, they're seeing the results and saying, "Hey, maybe if we keep voting DFL, you know, we'll, we'll have um, health better mm-hmm. health care and we'll have better." Yeah. A, B, C, D, you know. Well, I mean, I think it is our local organizing. I think it's our excellent candidates. I think it's demographic shifts. But I also think that Trump had a lot to do with it because, I mean, I know people in Egan who consider themselves Republicans who don't like Donald Trump. And when the Republican Party starts going in that direction, they're not going to vote that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that has helped as well. Right, and I think he also... Um did great damage when it came to interpersonal relationships between uh, Americans. Because oh, yes. I, re- I, I, per- I can personally say that because I lost I don't know how many friends mm-hmm. uh, from 2016 on because I didn't support him. Yeah, I, yeah. I think every family has had something, mm-hmm. you know, occur because of of the divisions that he's driving, the wedges he's driving between Americans, and the pandemic too, you know. And then politicizing the pandemic and mask wearing and the vaccines that just drove more more wedges um, between family and friends. Uh, yeah, it's it's very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I know you're not a legislate legislator. I'm getting tongue-tied today, Lisa. Maybe you're intimidating me. No. What are some of the accomplishments the DFL should be proud of uh, during your tenure as uh, the chair of District 52? Well, I know that we have a trifecta now where we have yes. the House, Senate, and the governor, and we're going to get a lot of great things done because I remember when we had one before. I don't remember quite the years that it was, but I bought this T-shirt at the state fair that said – all the accomplishments or like a dozen accomplishments at the t- on the T-shirt of what the trifecta did before. Mm. One of those things was all-day kindergarten, which I think people just, you know, it's normal now. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, kids didn't get to go to kindergarten all day for free um, until that happened. I think it was around 2013. Um, that was when gay marriage was uh, legalized in Minnesota. So I think we'll see great things this time too. And they've already passed some things. Um the PRO Act, first and foremost, is the abortion rights um, or reproductive oh, rights pass? bill has passed. Um, did it get signed yet or it's still this, I think it did, still yeah. On I'm pretty sure I okay. saw a picture of um, Governor Walls signing it. Um, Juneteenth is now a state holiday. Yes. There was mm-hmm. um, hairstyles added to the Minnesota Human Rights Act so that people can't be discriminated against because of their hair, um, which affects people of color. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, it's what the it hell is. do people care what people dress like? I know. For God's sake! Yeah. I mean, there's certain states. I, I'm sure you know this. I'm, I'm probably you know speaking to the choir mm-hmm. here. I'm sure you know some states. You can't even um, have a drag show. You can't be in drag oh, right. and perform. They're trying to make that illegal in some states. I mean, 
what, what's going right, on? Because it's going to hurt the children. But God forbid we should have a gun bill that is <laughs> where guns are actually hurting children. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guns are killing our children left and right. I, I think mm-hmm. there's thousands a year just from guns. And we're the only country that could say that. I think that. it's like the number one killer, if not mm-hmm. number two. It's getting uh, up there. Uh, of well, children. It's either one or two. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And, and so, but you don't hear anybody on the right side of the aisle talking about that they're just actually they're actually pinning ar-15 pins on their lapels as a as a sign of support Mm -hmm. which which to me is bizarre because that's that's an offensive weapon it's not a it's not a defensive weapon where if somebody's trying to break into your house you don't need uh 65 rounds to uh kill a single um you know uh you know, right. robber or whatever he you want to call him, burglar. Yeah, yeah it's I, really hard to understand the thinking there. Yeah, exactly. So we're here to clarify that. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, let's see. Oh, what are some of the activities that you organ? This is, I think, something that you really wanted to talk about. Oh, um, yeah. That, uh, that uh, to bring voters together and motivate them to become involved in the future DFL campaign. So, wh- what mm-hmm. are some activities um, you can talk about? What you do? Mm-hmm. If uh, any, uh, actually, if, you know, this one, this particular podcast is not going to come out right away. So. Try to project down the road a little, okay. if you March can. March 19th, that is our next big event. We called our True Blue Celebration. So I don't know if that's in time. But I would just say if you're interested in getting involved uh, locally in the DFL, to go to dfl52.org. We have a list there of the things that we do, plus we have a way to sign up for our email list. So I'm always emailing every week what's happening this week in DFL 52, which is my nickname for the Senate district here. Um, but we're going to have a fundraiser. We, well, I should just say when the pandemic hit, we went all virtual, you know, we, we made good use of zoom. And so now as we're coming out of that, we're still doing a lot of our meetings on zoom. So if you're interested in coming to one of our, we call them our central committee meetings, which is our main meeting of the month, you don't have to walk into a room of people you don't know. All you have to do is click a zoom link. Um, I'll probably notice you cause I know, I notice the new people, but you know, it's a lot easier, I think for people to just click on a zoom link than to have to go to a meeting when they're not familiar with the people in the organization. Um, uh, so just come in and, and see what it's like and see if, if it's something that might interest you. So we've kept a lot of our things on zoom just because it is more accessible. Um, people who don't like to drive at night, winter driving, people who have kids, you know, it's just easier if you can do it from your home, but then we are trying to do more and more, uh, put more social activities that we get together. If you do feel comfortable with that, like I said, the happy hour, the dinner party. Um, and, and so like our fundraiser, our true blue event is going to be in person. It's a chance for us to come together, um, in person and socialize. Mm -hmm. And part of that's going to be a recording of the DFL debrief, which is a podcast that I really love. It's hosted by Ken Martin and a cup who's the chair of the, the Minnesota DFL and two of the people who work at the DFL. And I think it's, it's funny. It's a really good take on local politics here in Minnesota. Um, so I, I'm a, I listen every week to that and it's only about 25, 30 minutes, uh, maybe a little bit longer. So it doesn't take a lot of time and gets you caught up on, on local politics. They're going to come and record it at our, um, at our uh, fundraiser, our true blue event. So that's kind of fun. And so I get to be on that. They have a, they have a little segment they call you betcha OGs. And that's like the you betcha is something good that happened that week, and the OGs is something yeah, right. that yeah. you didn't like that happened that week. So I'm going to be a guest on that segment and come up with something. Um, and how often is that podcast? I think it's weekly, or at least almost oh, weekly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, mine is. I, I I try to do two to three a month. Um, you know, as time permits. You know, with yeah. uh, with you know, my schedule and everything else. It's kind of how theirs is too, but it's almost weekly. But yeah, it's called the DFL Debrief. By the way, uh, speaking of the um, the different districts, 
Um, does 50, uh, 52 ever have events with another district, maybe, you know, next door? Or, or do you ever get, like, multi-district yeah, events? we're not as good at that as maybe we could be. There is – so our Senate district is also part of CD2. You mentioned Angie Craig. Mm-hmm. She's um, the representative for Congressional District 2. And so there's about 10 or 12 different Senate districts plus other little pieces of um, the state – that make up Congressional District 2. And sometimes we try to get together um, and do events. They do fundraisers and things, um, and then we do see people from other districts. It's harder, though, because, you know, the distances get greater. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think the greatest, the great thing I love about the local Senate district level is you're really hanging out with your neighbors. You know, these are people who you can run into at the grocery store. Um, this is really your your local neighborhood, and so it is truly grassroots politics yeah, that we yeah. we do. And you know, when we go door knocking, people um, are always hesitant to go door knocking. But actually, this last election cycle, I had a great experience. Me too. And the, yeah. Did you? Good. The way we've started doing it in our district is we go in pairs. Uh, it's less intimidating. I think it's safer, and it's also way more fun. Um, and so you're walking door to door. A lot of the people that I talked to were happy to see us. We're glad we were doing it. And even the people who were going to vote Republican were nice. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we yeah. try to we just try to get people involved in the campaigns and helping out. Um, but it's really grassroots, right? I I, I don't know if you know uh, Grace Kelly. She was one of my guests. Yeah, um, I've met her a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. She's very. Uh, like an expert on campaigns. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted her on the show. And she said, which shocked me, that she thinks, you know, even if you know someone is not a Democrat or, or you know, or, or leans to the left, you should knock on the door and get some rapport going and talk about them as a friend, you know, mm-hmm. between two people and understand. Well, I guess, you know, going, you know, having childcare would be nice. Wouldn't you, it be nice so you can go to work and then, you know, you can have your, your child be taken care of. Wouldn't that be a nice? And then she kind of works that in in the conversation. And she said it, it really works out for her. So, yeah. I mean, I think ideally, but a, a lot of times you're constrained by time and resources of volunteers. So a lot of what we focus on is turnout, making sure that the people um, who well, are yeah, probably going to vote true. for the Democrats yeah. turn out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think especially for candidates, you know, to get – or elected officials, you know, Senator Carlson, he's the senator for everyone. So, yeah, he should be out talking to people who aren't just the people who agree with him. And I've seen him. Yeah, he, he loves to talk to people, so he I, does it. We were, um, I don't know when this was, a couple of years ago, we were out with, you know, with the signs in the street, and, you know, uh, with the campaign signs, and people would walk by, and somebody said, you know, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, Democrat, and and he was able to talk to them like like a regular human being and the guy was okay well i'll i'll, I'll think about it. at the end of the conversation he, he pretty much almost had him voting for you know i don't That's know if right. he did or not yeah. but he's got a way with words you know yeah. he has a way to sway people for sure and th- that's important you know to mm-hmm. get because you know Preaching to the choir, I don't know, sometimes that's a good thing. You're getting, like you said, getting the people, you know, motivated to vote. But at the same time, you, you do want to, you know, try to etch out some other right. votes. You know, the more the merrier. You yeah, know? and we're very polarized. But sometimes people who who think they're on the other side maybe have never met, you know, a, an elected Democrat. And so when they talk to them and, and learn mm-hmm. more, it could be um, – convincing it could be persuading them but when you think about the number of doors though i mean egan alone is sixty thousand people then you add on the rest of our district that's a lot of doors oh yeah there's a lot of people who live here so time is definitely a constraint there that's true i agree with that Mm -hmm. but if we started getting more people so if people are listening now and they just go out and (laughs) Do some door knocking. We could probably get some Republicans yeah. to switch over. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to do it. Like I, I do think lawn signs make a difference. Not when they're on the corner on an intersection where it's just a, you know, a farm yeah. of signs. Yeah, Grace Kelly talked about that yeah. too. Yeah. But when it's in your own yard, you know, I noticed. I put up signs, of course. 
And for years, no one else did. Well, a few cycles back, people started putting up signs. When you know you're not the only Democrat on the street, you're a lot more likely to put a sign in your yard um, because you don't stick out as different, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the more of us who put the signs in our yards to say, hey, we're Democrats, we're here, um, that helps encourage others to do it. I agree, yeah. Um, So as you know, uh, Congresswoman Angie Craig, who represents our district, uh, was physically attacked in an elevator by a disturbed individual. Now, Fox News and the right-wing media tried to condemn the representative by saying she was for defunding the police, which was false, as she was actually endorsed by the Minnesota Peace and Police Officers Association. You knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Can you give us your thoughts about this and uh, why this is important that it gets out yeah. there? I mean, she's such a, a brave person in so many ways. I, I admire her so much. Yeah, I don't know what and, I would have done in that situation. Oh, I know. I, I can't imagine it. I'm I'm sure it was... It was traumatic, but she um, she is such a, a brave, strong person, and I feel very lucky to be represented by her. I mean, the right wing commentary. I mean, for, first of all, to to think, no matter what your beliefs are, that anyone should be attacked by anyone in an elevator. Nobody's for that, and mm-hmm. and to be happy that that happened to her is just horrible human behavior. Absolutely. Um, def- I know she's not for defund the police, but the. And I can't speak for people who are defunding the police, but I don't think anybody is for just crime everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, the label may be wrong, but I think what that movement means is that maybe we take some of the money that goes to the police departments and give it to social workers and other types of That's services correct. so that we can help people. I mean, even Angie pointed out that her um, attacker, she was the 13th victim of that man. And she doesn't want there to be a 14th, right? Um, but she also pointed out that he's had a lot of mental health issues. So what if we put a little money into you know, that. And, and maybe every time that they're, you know, crime is crime, but if somebody's just having a really bad moment, sometimes they send the police out and it escalates. What if instead social workers or, you know, um, mental health experts went to that scene? Mm-hmm. I think that's what the defund the police is trying to say. Yeah. Nobody is for no police. <laughs> nobody is for people being attacked in an elevator and nothing happens. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, and actually, I had a show recently. I was uh, interviewed um, uh, a talk show host from AM 950. Uh, and his name's Brett Johnson. Um, he also does announcing and producing in the, at the station. And I had brought up to him, what do you think about the changing the term instead of saying defunding the police, saying improving the police mm, mm-hmm. department? And he loved it. So he wants me to keep using that. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a keep... good way. I mean, and sometimes people attack Democrats for messaging, right? And why do you call it this? And why don't yeah, you say that? we have terrible messaging. And yeah. it's not like... Um, some messenger on high, you know, comes down with a message and says, mm-hmm. this is the word you will use. There's all kinds of different groups and, and people who who are talking about these things. So mm-hmm. it's not that easy to just say, you know, it's a good idea to call it improving the police, but, you know, it's not that easy to just change the language because it's not like there's one place you go and you change it and then everyone talks that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the word improving is such a much more positive. For example, um, yes. I was saying, um, and this is just something I believe in, that every police squad car should have maybe one social worker in it. So when you're doing a house, you're getting called to a house Instead of having the cop ready with the gun and ready to shoot the people, you know, they could that social worker who is an expert in, in you know, mel- mental illness, whatever the case may be, can sit that person down and talk to them like a human being and maybe avoid right. all of this uh, yeah. nonsense. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, that comes down to money. Well, and then yeah, you've but, got. But, but if you, if, but uh, excuse me for interrupting, but no. if money is, if, if safety, you know, the Republicans always try to then should money not matter if you want to keep people safe? If that's your deal, if you're talking about safety, maybe we should throw some money. And what is where do you get the money? Maybe raising some taxes on people who don't need 
uh, who, who could afford to pay the taxes. Right. Does that make sense? But that is not, that's not the way the Republicans are operating no. right now. I mean, there was a public safety bill last session that they wouldn't pass. No, um, because yeah. they don't want to have any um, successes or, you know, that the Democrats to have any success. Right. So it's more about obstructing. Yeah, like when, when the, when the um, House, the Senate, and President Biden were all Democrat, look at all the, um, all the policies. that I mean, mm-hmm. lo- low prices for insulin, you know, $35 right. a month cap. That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the infrastructure bill, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the, the chips, chips, the the chips, chips and science. Yeah. yeah, I could go down the list, but, you know, I, yeah. I'm I mean, there were tons horse. of accomplishments that the Biden administration were able to put through in the last two years. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, we're, 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 you know, preaching to the choir here. But uh, if you vote DFL, you'll get some results, I guess, is what right. we're trying to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I always say to people who are wavering, it's not like Democrats are perfect. But they want to make the community a better place for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's why I vote for Democrats. Yeah, the greater good. That's how I call it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, you know, there, I mean, obviously there are people that are doing very well. And those people should not mind having to just pay a little more to make the make society a better place. I don't know. That's just me. But my grandpa used to say it's a privilege to pay taxes because it means you've got income. But back in the day when I was a kid, I remember people saying it's patriotic to pay taxes. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's no longer patriotic. Anyway, um, being a gay man, I am a huge advocate for the LGBTQ plus community, which makes sense. Uh, can you enumerate for the listeners some of the legislation that the DFL has either passed or proposed that could support the D- uh, the uh, L- uh, LGBTQ plus community? For example, I know that the House recently voted to ban conversion therapy, if you want to also talk about that. Yeah. Now, conversion therapy, for people who don't know, uh, is, um, in other words, if you're a gay man and you... Um, you know, if you don't want to be gay or whatever, you, this is a, a cruel punishment. You have you put them through some sort of mental, uh, you know, electrodes, and there's so many pills, and you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not like I said, I've never gone through it, thankfully, but it's a very, from what I'm hearing, it's considered torture. Terrible, yeah, so terrible. I mean, we're mm-hmm. human beings, you know. Mm-hmm. So, can you give your thoughts about that? Well, I mean, of course I'm against that. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think if straight people think that gay people are, are choosing it, they should think about whether they could change. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what if what if they were being put through conversion therapy because they were straight? They it wouldn't work, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's not You some, are who you are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think empathy. We all need to put ourselves in other people's shoes and, and think you. about things that way. Um, so I definitely would support that. I'm not an expert on the legislation. I'm not sure where it's at, if maybe it's in the Senate. I know Senate committees take longer. Uh, the House sen- tends to move a little faster, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would guess that would get through. Um, I, there, you know, um, of course, the whole transgender issue is, is uh, being used by the right mm-hmm. right now to drive wedges amongst people. Um, and I'm not sure if the the Minnesota legislature has any bills about that. Um, well, hopefully but. they will or they are about to do something about it. Because mm-hmm. you know what? As a gay man, I'm not a trans person. But again, it's all about empathy. Right. Because you know, I can remember exactly. going through what I went through, the, the coming out process. It's very painful. And I went through it in the 70s. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is 2023. I mean, it it was a different time, and you, I don't. You know, you're a little younger than me, but um, I, I, it Not was a. Much. Re- <laughs> My uncle was actually um, he passed away from AIDS. He lived in New York City, you know, and contracted it before they even really knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I lost friends. Mm -hmm. As I've mentioned on my show multiple times, I've lost my best friend and a couple of very dear friends to AIDS because at the beginning of the um, epidemic, um, President Reagan had no desire to talk about it. So because the the gay people, gay men were expendable because... You know, it wasn't happening to the, 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 you know, the community at large. It was happening to a very small amount of people, a small group of people, I should say. 
And so, but, at, you know, once the, the disease started getting worse and spreading into the straight community, and then Ro- his friend Rock Hudson ended up getting it. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That's when he woke up and said, maybe we should do something about it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so I think conversion therapy, maybe legislation on protections of, of hate crimes against trans people, because especially trans women of color. You know, they. they, they well, there just, was just that attack in Minneapolis uh-huh, on that yeah. woman, um, mm-hmm. trans woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, you know, we need to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. Everybody deserves dignity. And I don't understand what the problem. And the word that you mentioned before that we we both share is empathy. Yes. You know, I think I think it takes empathy to be a Democrat. I really do. I don't know because if you're not a Democrat, for some reason, th- those issues aren't important. So I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it's um, some people need to have it hit close to home, right? Remember when Dick Cheney was uh, yes. all of a sudden he was for mm-hmm. gay rights when he found out his daughter was mm-hmm. gay, but before that he didn't have the time of day for that. So yes. sometimes people have to have it hit home before they can feel that empathy. I guess. There's a senator too, and I, his name escapes me, but he's I think he's from Ohio. He found that his son was gay, and then he's he you know he sang a different tune after he found out. So you know why does it have to hit home? Why can't I don't you know? Why can't why you can't just, understand right. that there are people out there who are different? Mm-hmm. Everybody is different, regardless of their religion, whatever. And uh, until we get to that point, we're going to be a segmented society. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've come to the part of the show I like to call the shift. That's with an F shift. Because if you don't say the F, we have problems. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, where I shift the questioning away from your career and on your opinions of current events. Is okay. that okay? You want to try? Yeah, that? and let's just also emphasize it's it's a career, but it's a hobby, right? Being a DFL activist, being a Senate district chair is not a paid position. Now, Ken Martin, the Minnesota state chair, yes, he has a staff. But at the local level, we're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take time out of our lives. And I was at a training session um, recently where they talked about how volunteering is a privilege. To be able to give away your time for free is not something everyone can do. Right. Um, so if you can, if you can do it, it's a privilege, and um, I just choose to do it with the, the DFL party. When I said career, I meant uh, <laughs> in, in multiple facets because, you know, like you said, career could be a volunteer career. I know people that have volunteered in, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, nursing care homes and things sure. like that and yep. and they don't get paid you know they do it because they feel that's their duty as a as mm-hmm. a person to care for the the elderly things like that so uh, that's uh, maybe i could find a better word but uh but what you're well, doing i just is, wanted to emphasize that because yeah, you know, sometimes and, i think people think we are paid and we're not true. that's yeah. absolutely true and and that's why we should all be thanking you more because <laughs> You're doing this out of the goodness of your heart and as a, as a good person. Something and, I care about, right? Yeah, well, yeah. thank you again. So as of the taping of this show, we have learned that Governor Wall signed into law a measure restoring the right to vote to felons. Did you hear that? Yes. Who have served out their prison or jail sentences. In your opinion, what is the significance of this law? I think it, it well, it, it restores rights to people who are trying to re- get their dignity back, right? They've served their time. I mean, if we're going to have a justice system that says you commit a crime, you pay the price by going to jail, then when they get out, we, we owe it to them to reintegrate them into society, I think. And just being able to vote is one of those things. If you live in a democracy, that's a really important um, privilege and uh, part of your job is, is living in a democratic society. So I think it was uh, just to give them respect and um, their dignity back. Well, they served out their term. Right. You know, they, they paid their penance. They did, you know, mm-hmm. what, what they needed to do. And uh, why should we continue to punish them um, they, if they served the, their time? Right. You know, so and, and voting is like the the you know, the biggest uh, privilege we have as Americans mm-hmm. and to take that away from people is, right. unher- to me, is ridiculous. You so know? many people don't exercise their right to vote. It's hard. I mean, we we have really good uh, voter turnout in, in Egan. We, we're close to 90%. It's really, really? awesome. Yes. And 90%? Min- yeah. And in Minnesota, mm-hmm. it's pretty high as well. Um, but I'm just always surprised like that people can't, 
take, and it's not even, you know, it used to be you had to go on that day and what if it rained or snowed or whatever. Now it's a season. There are, I can't remember exactly how many weeks, but I'm close to two months prior. You know, you can vote by mail. You can go into city hall and vote. Um, You know, you can do it at your, when it's convenient for you. Mm -hmm. So there's really no excuse for not voting. But yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I'm glad for people who serve their time to get that right back. And I also think that, you know, the the Republicans have this thing about, uh, 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 you know, giving rights back to people who have, have, uh, you know, served their time. I think... Uh, even in Florida, remember what uh, DeSantis did? You know, he the people voted to restore voting rights to felons. And what he did, though, he would go to the doors of these people, say, you shouldn't have voted, and, and try to arrest them, put them on, you know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. it was like, what? You know? So, um, again, you know, voting rights is, is, is a privilege to be an American citizen. And if you take that away from them, it's – and it's funny because gun rights tend to be much more important to some people than voting rights. Right. It's selective. It's, see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have – I mean, I don't know. I don't think having a gun is more important than voting, but who knows? Sh- yeah. Anyway, so uh, speaking of um, – our famous Governor DeSantis. <laughs> governor DeSantis of Florida has just appointed a member of the new oversight board in control of Disney's special tax district, who has called homosexuality evil and shared a baseless conspiracy theory that tap water, I'm not kidding, this is, again, everyone out there, you can Google this, that tap water could be making more people gay. Tap water. Crazy. What are your thoughts about this? I know I, I know what you're going to say, but I, <laughs> I, I... I mean, it's surprising how people will believe things that, like, if they just thought common sense, they would realize that can't be true, right? But they... Where do they get tap water from? Like, what? where did that come from? I have no idea. But I love Disney, and I think Disney has tried to do some great things um, about diversity and, and supporting... Well, they hate the, that. And yeah, and that's why they're getting the pushback from the Governor DeSantis and others. Um, but I have a feeling that Disney will work it out in the end. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think this conspiracies thing, conspiracy theories that people believe in, it's scary. Like they'll read it on the internet and they'll just believe it. Yeah. Somehow there has to be more critical thinking than that. Well, yeah, <clears throat> like like more people, the people that get the vaccine are more likely to get. COVID. You heard that one? I mean, there's so much junk going out there. Ivermectin, which is that right. drug that's supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, for cows. Rare horses. Know? I don't know. Horses, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, I don't know how it gets out there because, you know, when we were younger, you and I, there was no internet. Mm-hmm. You just... You just you know watched Everyone Walter watched, Cronkite, yes, exactly. and, and he said the news, and nobody said, "Oh, he's a liar," or you know, "This is fake news." We just believed it. You know, we that's what we heard. Now there's all these people that can get out there and spread gossip and lies. You know, it's almost like a, a you know a, a huge cesspool of junk that right. we read, and you know, yeah. you have to go to reputable sites online and read real news like you know that we have the new york times you have uh the washington post you have um nbc abc right cbs yeah ap yeah my friend of mine said to me once well i just read all the sources i read everything it's like well don't read everything there are definitely (laughs) non-reputable sources that you do not need to read but yeah, 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 yeah pick several different reputable sources and then also you know, common sense works well too. I mean, the people who really thought Hillary Clinton was running a child pedophile oh, ring in the basement of that pizza parlor—I mean, really? There was Come no on. basement in the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just think here for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and what's what's coming out now is is absolutely crazy. You know, batshit stuff. I mean, you're hearing now Fox News. Um, you got Tucker Carlson, um, Hannity, all those. You know, goons. There, they knew mm-hmm. the election was not stolen. Of course, and they did. They had text messages. They, they, that's why Dominion is suing them, mm-hmm. and they have all of this on text. They have all this proof 
that that the election was that they knew the election was not stolen, and they still went on TV and spewed the lie anyway, mm-hmm. and causing all of this rift, this hatred, this anti-democracy stuff that we see happening, and nothing's going to happen. You know, well, shouldn't they be punished for what they what they're yeah, doing? I, I mean, they obviously don't care about their viewers, right? They they just care about making money, and I think a big part of it is they're now competing against even more conservative media. I believe Breitbart um, is Newsmax, yeah, and so. They're trying to keep the eyeballs on them, and so they just got to spew crazier and crazier stuff to keep people watching, which is unfortunate. I mean, the things that you hear are absolutely bizarre. But they're they're getting out there in the in the, in the uh, you know the internets as we used to mm-hmm. say, and people go, oh, that's true. Is that true? Oh, wow! And they start telling each other on Facebook and right. Instagram and all these places that, oh yeah, you know, um, this election was stolen, and you know, remember what was it? Um, uh, uh, Fight the steal. No, stop the steal. Stop mm-hmm. the steal. Remember? Right, but I guess all the Republicans who got elected, those elections were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, how are we selectively stealing elections? It doesn't well, it doesn't it's, even make sense. Yeah, because wasn't it the same ballot where they <laughs> voted for a uh, uh, you know, president that they voted for senator of and course. for house representative? But why is that why would that ballot be uh, uh, you know, fake if everybody else on the ballot, you know, that wasn't a democrat that won that it's was okay. legit. It yeah, was legit. it makes no sense. That's what I mean. Yeah. Let's, let's think things through a little bit. <laughs> a little, let's have some <laughs> common sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I recently added a question to the show. I never did this, but since we're in the uh, election season here, and actually next year, but starting the primaries this year, and next year is going to be Next the, year. The primaries will be next year. Well, aren't they uh, doing debates ahead of time uh, now? Well... When um, for for 2020 they did because there were so many people running right, mm-hmm. um, but like our precinct caucuses, which kind of kick off the election season here in Minnesota, will probably be February. Yeah, what about nationally though? Um, well, it depends on it. Maybe on the Republican side. I think on the Democratic side, if Biden decides to run again, which I hope he does, um, they won't need to have debates yeah, this I mean. year. But right. if the Republicans have a whole crew of people, then maybe they will start some debates this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. But um, I recently added this question. Um, so who do you think will be the Democratic candidate for president in 2024? And who do you ultimately think will be the Republican candidate? Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is not a factual question. This is <laughs> your opinion and a prognostication. And I like these questions because uh, when it you know, comes into fruition, you could look back and go, oh, I got it right or I got it wrong. Mm -hmm. So uh, would you want to share Mm -hmm. that with the audience, what you think? um Well, I I do think that Biden-Harris will be the Democratic ticket. I think Joe Biden has had an amazing first two years as president. He's accomplished so much, passed so many bills. Um, He's shown great leadership around the Ukrainian war. He's you know, pulled Europe together, our mm-hmm. allies around that. I mean, that trip to Ukraine shows that he's got a lot of stamina. He's He might be 80 years old, but, I mean, he reminds me a lot of my grandfather who lived to be 96, and in his 80s, he, you know, he was working my kid's birthday party and then going upstairs to grout the shower. So, you know, <laughs> an 80-year-old can have a lot of energy, and Biden seems to be one of those, yeah, those 80-year-olds. Look, look at him going, I mean, he's, he, you know, he goes to Europe, he went. He went to Kiev. Right. Exactly. To to, That's what I mean. Uh, Zelensky, mm-hmm. and um, then he was in Poland. Then he was in, I don't know, all over the United States. And for for an older man, God bless him. You know, there's some people yeah. that are my age that probably couldn't do what he's doing. Right. Yeah. So I think he's plenty. You know, got plenty of vigor to to run again, and I think he will. Yeah, and and, and if they and then they want to. You know, use age on President Biden. I mean, I have two things to tell you about uh, Voldemort, who is the person who we will not, how does it go? The person that's not, we would not mention from Harry Potter. Yeah. Because I hate to say his name. Um, Actually, you know, it's funny. Whoopi Goldberg also doesn't say his name on her show. Did you know that? She uses, uses, you know who, she says. (laughs) (laughs) If you watch The View. Yeah. But um, when um, Voldemort, 
was trying to drink a, a bottle of water. Do you remember? He, he went like this. You know, he pulled the bottle towards his mouth. He couldn't get the, his mouth to the bottle, so he used his hand, to, the other hand, to lift the bottle to his mouth. Okay, that's one thing. How many times he's made mental errors, you know, talked like nonsense gibberish talk. Um, he was walking up a ramp, or down a ramp, and they had he had to have an escort to get him down the ramp because he couldn't walk by himself. Me- so there's a lot of, I mean, if you want to play that game, which I don't like to do, I don't like to make fun right. of people's... I don't um, like him at any age, let's just put it that way. I think <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, he's... This person that we're not He's naming, Donald person. Trump we're talking about here. Oh. I think he is uh, <laughs> like every vile human characteristic Put into together. one person. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny. You read my mind because I always said that. If you can think of anything bad about a person, that's Donald Trump. He's got them all. Greed. Yeah. Uh, vileness. You know, the way he speaks to people. Mm-hmm. Lying. Deceiving. Cheating. I mean, Narcissistic. You, every yeah, every okay. single... Uh, of the t- uh, ten deadly sins, yes. you know, he's, he's, he encompasses that as one person. But anyway, and and what about the Republican well, side? I don't know. Um, it looks like Trump at this point, really. Um, but maybe DeSantis. I don't know. I can't Even imagine him. anyone uh, else coming out of the wings and and doing it. I did read something this morning about a third party candidate that. Um, there's an organization raising money for that, which would be bad news for Democrats. So I don't want that to happen. Mm. So, um, well, there's going to be a, um, a libertarian candidate, which is always in there anyway, and then maybe even a, um, you know, what do they call that? The Green Party candidate, right? But they usually don't have enough money to make too much of a splash, right? We hope not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so um, before we close the show, you can believe we're at the end. This see how fast we could this just goes? talk for hours. <laughs> I know. I love you. You're great. <laughs> Before we close the show today, is there a particular political story or anything you would like to share with the audience um, before we say ciao for now? I just think if if you're looking for a way um, to get active politically, just check out dfl52.org and just start start participating. Mm-hmm. You know, I always just, you know, people say, well, how do I get involved? Well, just show up. Keep showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, show up. This week, show up next week. That's how you get involved. And before you know it, you could be Senate District Chair. So mm. um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. Um, to me, if I have extra time, um, I, there's not a better way for me to use it than to help get Democrats elected. So is so dfl52.org now if they if the, if the listeners are not in 52 if they're in like 58 or whatever I don't mm-hmm. know what the numbers are does it still go dfl58.org not or? necessarily so then you should go to dfl.org just the state oh, okay. party website um, and, and then you can look up mm-hmm. like who your chair is and how you can get involved so. Okay, so and that would be just dfl what dfl.org dot org. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's simple. Right? Very simple. And there's probably a search engine there where you can type in your, your district and yes, it'll come. Yes, there definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Well, oh, my God, Lisa, you are amazing. Oh, thank you. And so are you. I, I this hope, is great. Yeah, and hope you can come back to the Downright Upright Show in the near future because you know, we have a campaign coming up. And Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure there's stuff you want to share with the listeners um, yes. about our candidates because we don't have them yet. We don't know who they're well, going to be. Well, we have our current – like here in 52, we have Senator Carlson and then we have our state representatives, Liz Ryer on the A side and Ruth Richardson on the B side. And um, as far as I know, they'll be running again. The next election in 2024, our senator won't be up for re-election, Senator Carlson. Um I'm pretty sure none of the senators in Minnesota. I think they're all on a, you know, every four years. Um, so Senator Carlson will be there uh, for four years. But no, I mean, he'll be the senator for the next no, four years. No, I know, years. for the next four years. But um, after and, that, I mean. Well, we'll see, you know, he'll if he decides to run again or not. Um, so I always figure they're running until they tell me they're not running. Yeah. Um, I, hope but, he, I hope he does what President Biden's doing. Just keep going. There you, you go. Know, as long as, there you, you as go. long as you're doing the job, you know, keep going. Right? Yeah. And Liz Ryer and Ruth Richardson – 
are are really great state representatives. So they will be up for re-election in 2024, so we'll have to work hard for them. And, you know, I always figure the the more people I get out in our district, it helps the whole ticket. So, of course, President Biden will be on that ballot. Uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar will be up for re-election. So there Tina be, Smith isn't, though. Not right? this time. Not this time around. Um, okay. Yeah, so Amy, and, and not the governor, the, the Minnesota um you know, officers, they are not. So it'll be president. It'll be Senator Klobuchar. Angie Craig will be up for reelection. Um, and then our, our local state reps. City council, probably. Um, not necessarily. I don't, I'm not sure about those elections. There, there might be one. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, for more uh, about Lisa Niemer Noah, did I pronounce your name right? Yes, Niemer Noah. Yeah, Niemer Noah. You can follow her on dfl52.org, right? Is that right? Yeah, come to that. Sign up for our um, email list, and then I'll be sending you emails so that you can reach me directly if you need to. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. You are amazing. Thanks for the invitation. um, And to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us today on the Downright Upright Show. And we hope that you can tune in soon and listen to our future shows. We're going to have wonderful guests coming up. And uh, this is your host, Philip Anthony, saying ciao for now. Thank you.